You're listening to Flirting with Bitcoin. I'm your host, Mondana Yousefi, and this is my boo, Ian Reese. My husband, Ian, is a Bitcoin enthusiast, but I am quite the newbie. Each week, he tries to teach me something about Bitcoin or Bitcoin adoption. I promise we keep it real light and fun. But before we get started, make sure you go to goals.flirtingwithbitcoin.com and stack your sats for the week. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and shout out to my fountainheads. TNT mom, I'm going to keep trying to make it happen. Today's episode's a little unique. If you're a longtime listener, you probably noticed that last week we only talked about current events. That's because we actually recorded about two hours worth. And when I was doing the editing, I realized that either we were going to have a really awkwardly edited episode or we could just break it up. So I chose to break it up. This week's episode is the second half of our conversation. I think it's one of our best episodes. I think it really encapsulates what we're trying to accomplish here at Flirting with Bitcoin. We get a little ridiculous towards the end, but Mondana wasn't feeling well. And as I said before, we were recording for about two hours. I hope you enjoy it. And I hope it gives you some new talking points when you are trying to convince your significant others to come along with you on this Bitcoin journey that we're all on. Which is what I want to talk about on today's episode. Usually Ian comes with the topics, but I'm coming with one today. Before we get into it... What's the block height? The block height at the moment is 754719. You can get 5,152 acres on Bitcoin Island for a dollar. So I want to get to what I want to talk about today, which kind of lends to some of the stuff we've been talking about, but getting your spouse on board with Bitcoin. It's something that our listeners comment a lot about, like, This really helps. I've been trying to convince my wife to let me buy Bitcoin. I've been trying to talk to my family members about it. You know, they say our podcast helps give them the talking points that they need or they can play clips for them or try to convince them to listen to our podcast, those types of things. But I think it's really interesting how often you come to me and tell me, yeah, this person said it's like really cool that your wife is into this because I cannot get my wife at all to listen to me about Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. So Bitcoin isn't the first thing that you came to me about where you were like, hey, babe, this is really cool. I've been watching a lot of videos about this. I think this is really interesting. What was the first thing? I think the first thing was the pyramids. That was like when we first started dating, you were really into the pyramids. And then you were like, yeah, and I'm into Stonehenge. I was into Stonehenge. <laughs> What's the meaning of Stonehenge? Um, I said I wasn't going to sing because I'm so congested. I can't stop. You can't stop me. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I think... <laughs> Conspiracy level wise, which I don't think Stonehenge is a conspiracy. It's a it's real place. Mystical, okay? We don't know what it's, it was yeah, for. Yeah, and you know I believe in magic and ghosts and all that stuff. And you think I'm crazy for it. But I think that lends to me being really open when you're really interested in something. I'm like, cool, tell me about it. So yeah, it was pyramids. Then it was the electric universe theory, which I feel like you could have a whole podcast on that. <laughs> Maybe one day, one day when, you know, we really hit it big with Bitcoin, we'll start a second podcast about the electric universe theory. Flirting with science. Yeah. No, flirting with electricity. You're so bad at these titles, babe. Just let let me do, let me do the marketing. 
Yeah, so when you came to me about Bitcoin, do you even remember that conversation? I do not. What is your sense initially of my reaction to what you were doing with your money before we combined our finances? That's a good question. So honestly, like... I would prefer honesty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I never even thought about that. I just thought I was just sharing things that I thought were interesting. And this was just like the latest thing. I didn't think of it like differently. I guess looking back on it, maybe probably because it was about money. Yeah. And like there was... You could lose all your money in this thing versus Stonehenge, right? Like you know, That's true, that's true. Right. So But I didn't think about it like that. I just remember being like, Hey, this is something cool. Like, I think there's something here. It seems like a lot of smart people are like in this community. And when we had combined our finances, how did you feel about approaching me with spending our money, which is really our savings, on Bitcoin? Um, How did you approach those conversations with me? I didn't have a lot of money in it, really, until like the last two years. Right. And like for full transparency, Ian was doing things in the stock market and he would talk to me about that. And it was not something that I had much experience with. So he was definitely trying to walk me through it, have me understand it. And I really did trust you. I trusted the decisions that you were making. I feel like you were researching a lot of stuff. The companies that Ian wanted to invest in, he would watch like the quarterly presentations, stockholder presentations and things like that. And so, I mean, very, it's, I think it's obvious, like I trust Ian. I think he's really smart. I feel like we separate our household duties. You're in charge of some stuff. I'm in charge of some stuff. So I was like, cool. He wants to put some money in the stocks. Sure. (laughs) So I forgot about the Tesla angle. And so with the Tesla angle, like I I remember how I came to you with, at least how I remember coming to you with Bitcoin is my friend and I have been studying Tesla for like a decade. And while we were studying Tesla, we were also kind of learning how to trade. And like knowing what I know now, we lost out on so much money because we didn't really know what we were doing. But the analysis of Tesla was correct. And so when I found Bitcoin and I started building up the same conviction that I was had built up with Tesla, I saw like, oh, it's earlier for Bitcoin than it is for Tesla. So let's like stop trying to play the Tesla game and let's play the Bitcoin game. And then like shortly after that, like Elon and Tesla bought Bitcoin. It's so funny when you recount it this way, because I remember we used to be at parties and social gatherings and people would be trying to argue with you about Tesla. And then suddenly there was like a switch and it was, oh, I walk up to Ian and he's talking to someone and they're arguing with him about Bitcoin. Almost the same conversation where they're like, I don't know about these electric cars. I don't know about this electric money. (laughs) Well, that's right. And so that's like, you know, earlier we we were talking and I said, like, most people are dumb. And that's probably not the nicest way of saying it. I should probably say most people are uninformed. And the problem, whether it was with Tesla or Bitcoin or Electric Universe or whatever, I'm talking from having read white papers and books and like consuming a lot of information. And you're talking about a five minute segment from MSNBC where some allegedly smart person told you that Ian's wrong. You don't know that person, but you know me. And for some reason, you trust that person on television more than you trust me. That's a little insulting. Yeah, and then I walk up in these conversations and people are like, so how do you feel about all this? And I'm like, Ian's explained it to me. It makes sense to me. I support it. Like, yeah, we have money in it. It's so funny, the reactions I get in those situations. Even with Tesla, Ian, we don't need a new car, but Ian's always like, we're going to get a Cybertruck. And 
you know, Ian has sold it to me. He's so passionate about it. He's done all the research around it. He's like, this is the car we need. And I'm like, I don't know. It's like bulletproof. We, You know, we live in Washington, D.C. Why not? I, guys will be like, really? Really? She's going to let you get the Cybertruck? And I'm like, what do you mean she's going to let you get the Cybertruck? Like, what the hell do I care about cars? My man has been loving Tesla for 10 years. I'm going to I'm going to strip him from that, right? <laughs> but it's just so interesting in the situations. I'm like, what do I know about cars? He's done all of this research. If that's the best car for us, the day that we need to buy a car, yeah, sure, why not? Thank you, babe. You're welcome, baby. So, the the, the thing there is people are uninformed and I, I've I've learned this specifically with as you're describing with the Tesla and the Bitcoin conversations, because, and I said this on a couple episodes before, like people don't want new information to be true because if it is true, then a lot of other things that you might've held true are immediately false. And that kind of can shatter your worldview. So like with the Tesla conversation, it's not even about Tesla. Like I'm looking at Tesla as a amazing technology manufacturing company it's a whole company right like it's a it's a company (laughs) it's a company that has literally changed how we make cars people don't understand that the way that ford and chevy and gm and mercedes and bmw and toyota and honda and kia and every other company that i didn't name they all make cars the way we made them in the 1900s (laughs) tesla back when i was born (laughs) The late 1900s. <laughs> and Tesla is someone sitting down and saying, okay, what are all the problems with that system? And how would I build a car factory today? They are the best at making cars right now. People don't want to hear that. All they want to talk about is Elon Musk. That's all they want to talk about. That is really hard to combat because Elon Musk is a person that exists, that does a bunch of dumb stuff. Yeah. That you kind of have to... Yeah, he's an asshole. Well, no, what I'm saying is like in the Tesla conversation, like I have to defend and talk about Elon. Everyone will come to me and be like, oh, Ian's boy just did this. And I'm like, what are you Ian's boy? Why are you telling me? Like people will send me news articles about Elon Musk. Less now. Now it's more about Bitcoin. Right. And you're like, what does Ian have to say about about, about Elon Musk's tweet? And I'm like, I, what is he going to... like? But this is this is the problem, right? It's like those people only want to talk about people. Yeah. Smart people talk about ideas. And Tesla as a company and what they're doing is an idea. Bitcoin and what it is is an idea. And the people who think in ideas and enjoy good ideas and watching ideas flourish and like prosper, like it doesn't matter who's the people involved. Yeah. Right? Like it's the idea. And there's a great quote. I don't know who said it originally, but, you know, Bitcoiners say it on podcasts or whatever. It's like, people don't have ideas. Ideas have people. Ooh. And the idea of Bitcoin is getting more and more people every day. And the minute you encounter something where Bitcoin solves your problem, Bitcoin just got another person. Yeah, but I just want to bring this back to relationships. And I'm not here to say that it's always like, you know, a heterosexual marriage where there's a husband and wife, the husband's a Bitcoiner and the wife doesn't know anything about Bitcoin. But that's the situation Ian and I were in a couple of years ago. (laughs) Really, I would even say a year ago uh, where I knew kind of what Bitcoin was, but no way would I be able to talk about it, let alone 
you know, talk about it on a podcast or talk to strangers about it when they say, oh, you have a podcast? What's it about? So I want to talk about that dynamic because I feel like we have a lot of listeners and there are just a lot of people out there who are very into this stuff. And then they have a spouse who is completely zoned out and is not paying attention at all. And then there are men that have told you, my wife doesn't listen or care about this stuff at all. I can't get her to care about this stuff. I want to invest in Bitcoin. I'm trying to convince her and she's not having it. And I think often the volatility of Bitcoin, the FUD, all of those things that are out there, it's really playing against you. And if you are a wife who's worried about money and all of these things, and her husband has lost some money in crypto, her husband's in stock, she's not going to even entertain the Bitcoin conversation because it seems like just another mess that her husband's trying to get into. So like, I understand that perspective, but I really want us to talk about the dynamic that Ian and I have that let me learn about Bitcoin, but in a really soft way. Like I'm just flirting with Bitcoin. Ian is really consuming this stuff all day long sometimes. And I don't want to consume it that much. It's not something that I am that interested in. And I don't really have to be that interested in it because Ian's doing all the work. And then I sit with him once a week and we talk about it. There's a reason why when you first came to me to talk about Bitcoin, I think I was receptive and I wasn't dismissive, right? I don't recall it as being dismissive. I was never dismissive about it. And I think the reason that is one, because you are very forward thinking and you're very risk averse. Yeah, that's true. It's true, right? And so I think it's really important in relationships if you are married, definitely if you're married, you got to trust the other person with what they're trying to do with the future planning of your family. So if your spouse comes to you and says, hey, I think we should do this with our money and you're not open to that conversation, you're not trying to understand what they're coming to you with, you're doing a disservice to your spouse because they've hopefully put some thought into it and now they're ready to pitch it to you. And so taking a step back from that, are you guys even thinking jointly as a partnership about your money? Mm-hmm. And Ian and I talk about this all the time. Like we share our money. Like my money is his money. His money is my money. But there are a lot of couples out there that don't operate that way, mm-hmm. right? They have separate bank accounts. Mm-hmm. When the bill comes, they split the bills. Mm-hmm. And so what do you think about that, Ian? Do you think those types of couples can be Bitcoiners? I think it's going to be very challenging. Why is that? Ian under his breath is like, how do I frame this? Babe, just say it. It's our podcast. We're not gonna, who's going to get mad at no, us? I, I want to... <laughs> I like to choose my words carefully because words matter. I think that there's a fundamental cultural problem. And the cultural problem is that when we're growing up, we're little boys and girls, there comes a point where some things are just for boys and some things are just for girls. That list starts to pile up, but I'm just going to pick one from the boy side, which is like sports. And I'm going to pick one from the girl side, which is like um, social things, right? Which sports is social, but it's like I'm going to kill you social. It's adversarial. Adversarial social, right? (laughs) When it comes to things like whether it's Tesla or just investing or Bitcoin or whatever, somehow that's been lumped in with that's a boy's thing. Yep. I don't know a lot of women who are investors. I don't know a lot of women that are like talking about Tesla and investing in, in stock. They're not talking out loud about it. Well, sure. But my point is that like, guys, that's what we tend to talk about. Like guys talk about money. We may not talk about how much money we have, but we talk about money. We talk about, even if it is like, oh, I made a bunch of money on some meme stock, which is like ridiculous in its own right. It seems like in my, in my view of the world that investing has been put in the, like, that's the boys thing 
camp. Not all women agree with that, mm-hmm. but I feel like that's what we've set up, right? Yeah, and even like venture capitalists, what is it, 1% of them invest in women? Like there's a million statistics out there that say that it's a boys club. I'm not saying that it's a boys club. But I'll I'm, say it's a boys club. Well, I know you will say that it's a boys <laughs> club. I'm not saying that it's a boys club. I'm saying that we have kind of structured society yeah, in a certain way. It's cultural and it's institutionalized and it is perpetuated even by people who believe that they are progressive 100 percent. yeah yeah with something like bitcoin in particular on its surface looks like investing right it looks like tesla it looks like apple right it looks like it falls in that camp and that's a boy's thing but i would argue that historically while women didn't own things women tend to be the ones that like ran the household and women in the workplace and not running the household is a very new thing (laughs) in society and it's not really everywhere it's just really in the west but historically like women like ran the household and when you run the household you kind of have to know about the finances of the household Right. And so it used to be men would go to work, they'd get their paycheck, they'd come home and they'd give it to their wife. You hear guys talk about their dad did that or their granddad did that. Like that just was a thing. Yeah, you go out and work. But when it comes to managing the money, that used to be a woman's thing. Yeah. And even today, women are the consumers. Sure. That's why all marketing targets women. Sure. And the point that I'm driving at there is that Bitcoin is not investing. And that's the part that once that clicked in my head, that's when I became like Bitcoin only. Bitcoin is savings. It is how you save your hard work. You get paid and you save it in Bitcoin. No one can print it. No one can take it from you. And I would argue that women would historically have benefited from something like that where their stuff could be taken away from them. (laughs) And on top of that, like being able to manage the household finances, you know, when I say women ran the household, like maybe they they didn't know everything about the Fed and money printing and stuff like that, but they knew when things were getting more expensive. Yeah. Right. And it's like, you're making the same amount of money, but bread is twice as much. What's going on? And they have to maneuver a solution to keep the the train operating. And the solution that first came to be is women went to work, right? It's like, we need more money. Women went to work. And I'm arguing that had Bitcoin existed when that transition happened, maybe fewer women would have went to work because people's money wouldn't have been being devalued as fast. Yeah, I think the other piece to that, and you kind of touched on it, is like their access to the money. It wasn't until a few decades ago that women were allowed to open their own bank accounts without, you know, their father signing off on it or their husband signing off on it. This is true in other countries as well. Mm-hmm. The financial independence, access to financial independence, those types of things. It doesn't even have to do with working because low income women have also always worked. We're talking about middle class and upper class women, but just structurally, institutionally, all these things, there's freedom there. But I think what you said, goes back to what I want to talk about, which is husbands, how do you talk to your wives about this? One of the things that I often talk to women about is, does your husband have crypto? And they'll go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I go, do you know how to access that? Do you know if you guys got divorced and he didn't tell you that he had it, he would just leave with that money? And that's like kind of a wake up call in conversations that I have with women all the time who are super dismissive when I tell them I have a podcast about Bitcoin, right? But I think the other piece of it is like, husbands, how are you coming to your wives to talk about this? Are you explaining that this is savings? Or are you saying, oh, this is just something I want to put our money in because it's going to make us a lot of money. I think most women would roll their eyes at their husbands 
if they come at them with the latter, where it seems like a get rich quick, get rich quick scheme. Yep, exactly. I think the idea of having this conversation with your significant other is very important. If you come at your significant other with like, I want to drop 10K on Bitcoin. Good luck. I would <laughs> I would roll my eyes at you if you told me you were going to say that to your significant other, right? Yeah. And the reason why is because, you know, Bitcoin specifically is not something that you can understand unless you have it. No one really wants to acknowledge that, but the only way that you can truly understand what it is, is if you have it and you have it for like a cycle and a half. Cycle and a half meaning when it dips? No, meaning the halving. Ah. So the Bitcoin halving every four years is what causes the volatility. And so what it is, is that everyone knows that it's coming. It's not a surprise. With the American dollar, like we just printed, what, $90 billion and gave it to Ukraine? No one knew we were going to do that 24 months ago. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you that the halving is going to happen in about April of 2024. So it's a planned event. Everyone knows that it's coming and everyone kind of game plans around the halving. And when the Bitcoin subsidy gets cut in half, so if you win a block, you used to get six and now you get three. Well, if your business model was predicated on getting six, you need to figure out where to get that other three from when the halving comes. And so that's where the volatility cut kicks in because some people get washed out, like some miners just aren't profitable anymore. Some people get really cheap Bitcoin because there was a washout and then they lever it up a la Celsius and a la a lot of the things that just got wiped out in the last mm -hmm. cycle. So there's a lot of turmoil and that volatility is the market working itself out to work on this new subsidy. And do you think that at minimum this should be explained when someone goes to propose to their spouse that they should be saving their money in Bitcoin? I don't think that they should start with the having. Although I do think the having is a very cool thing. I almost... think the having is kind of like the light switch for me anyways, where it was like, yeah, let's get into this before April 2024. <laughs> well, yeah. So for you, I remember because you, when I said the having, or when I explained the having to you the first time, that's when you were like, oh, so there'll be less of it. Of course, it's going to go up or something to that effect. I'm yeah. And I think people have different moments where it all clicks for them. You should know your spouse. You should know how their mind works. If you don't know how their mind works, like maybe use Bitcoin to figure that out because it's really like how well can you communicate this idea to them? How well can you communicate why you're so interested in this and why you believe this is the right choice for your family? On top of that, can't understand it unless you've been in it for a cycle and a half. And so I would never say, I would never have come to you and said, hey, I think we should buy thousands of dollars of Bitcoin or even hundreds of dollars of Bitcoin. Yeah, I would have freaked out. Right. But I do think... <laughs> I am cheap, y'all. <laughs> I mean, I'm cheap too, but for certain things, I see opportunity. And so for me, I saw Bitcoin as an opportunity. There's a lot of philosophical stuff that I won't get into, but I think the opportunity is that similar to Tesla, like I saw how that played out. Like people were so like, this is not going to work, not going to work, not going to work, not going to work. And then one day everyone was like, oh, it's working. Yeah. And for Bitcoin, we're still in that it's not going to work, but it's probably more guaranteed than Tesla. Yeah. And I just think about people who might be in the situation where they're really into this stuff, like as much as you're into it, but they're sharing a home with someone who's completely shutting them out and not letting them talk about this stuff, not engaging in conversations with them, not even being open to this being the financial plan for their family. And I can't imagine how isolating that is. Well, so this is the thing, right? What I was going to with like the boy stuff and the girl stuff is football, 
right? American football or even probably in Europe, like football, 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 right? Okay. I totally get why in this scenario, women would just totally blank out on that stuff. They're like, oh, my, my, my father watched it. My brothers watched it. I don't care about that, you know? And so you kind of build this like mental framework that says there's certain boys things that I just don't care about, right? And you've built that up over the years. And that's pretty, that's a pretty valid like stance to have. But it comes to something like Bitcoin, you can't say that your dad did this. You can't say that your brothers did this because it's new. Everyone has to look at it. Everyone has to decide if they care about it or not. And if you don't look at it and make that decision and you just by default decide that you're not into it and your significant other is saying, I think we should be into this. I think this is an opportunity for us. Your literal life partner. Yeah. Like this person, if you married someone who you don't trust their judgment, that actually says more about you than them. Yeah. And so when your significant other comes to you and says, you know, I would advise don't try to buy a lot. I would say, let's buy a dollar a day. Right, so let's role play this, baby. You're the Bitcoiner. I'm the non-Bitcoiner. Oh, this is a really weird this is scenario. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a, this I don't is know a, if I'm going to be able to pull this one off. I don't know if we'll be too flirty on this because yeah. we're talking money. But um, yeah, make your pitch. I mean, this is going to be hard because I feel like I've made it. But So like today. like Give an example to our listeners yeah, 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 of no. like what is a really soft approach that you would recommend to bring someone into Bitcoin with you. And it doesn't have to be a spouse. It could be just a significant other mm-hmm. that you want to broach the subject of establishing a future financial plan or even your parents, a sibling, a mm-hmm. financial partner. Like, let's let's have that conversation. So, I mean, personally, I'm going to have this conversation with you yeah. because I'm going to use some things about you. Okay. Right? Okay. Hey, babe. Um, you know, I was up late last night. I watched a lot of YouTube videos. I found out about this thing called Bitcoin. Uh-huh. You've probably heard about it yeah, on the news isn't or whatever. Yeah, it like, uh, like fake internet money? That's what I thought. Yeah? But, but... But I think there's something here. Okay. I want us to start putting money into this because I do think that this is a good way for us to save money. But isn't it so expensive? It's like thousands of dollars. Well, that's the beauty of Bitcoin is that you don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. So one Bitcoin right now is like $20,000. Right? Yeah, but wasn't it like $70,000 a few months ago and it like completely crashed? So now's a good time to get in. It's just going to go down more. Well, that's what I thought. But I was watching this video last night and five years ago, it went all the way up to $20,000 and crashed down to $3,000. Then it went from $3,000 to $70,000 and has now come back down to $20,000. So what you're seeing as the bottom is actually the top of the last time it went up. I don't know, baby. So I get it. I'm not 100% sure either, right? I'm very risk averse. You are. And, you know, but I think there's something here. There seems to be a lot of smart people that are talking about it. Like MIT professors are talking about Bitcoin. The country of El Salvador has made Bitcoin legal tender. So like if we wanted to go to El Salvador, we could just spend it. Why are we going to El Salvador? I mean, we know people. We do, yeah. We travel. Okay, okay. But all I'm saying is I think this is something we should should try. Remember when I was trying Tesla? Yeah. We made some money on Tesla, right? Okay, so I wasn't wrong. Didn't make as much as we could though. Uh Uh-huh. Because I didn't know as much. But I think that this will do as well for us as Tesla. How much you want to bet? I don't want to bet against us. 
I mean, that's true. That's true. Why that, do you want to bet against us? That's true. That's true. Okay. okay. So, so here's I don't the, know, baby. Like, how much money are you talking? So here's the thing. Like I said, you don't have to buy a full Bitcoin, right? In the Bitcoin world, um, think of one Bitcoin as $1, right? And $1 is comprised of 100 pennies, right? Uh-huh. Okay. So one Bitcoin is comprised of 100 million pennies, but they call them Satoshis. Mm-hmm. So we could just buy like $1 worth of Bitcoin every day. Mm-hmm. And right now we'd get about 5,000 Satoshis for like $1. So you want to spend like 30 bucks a month? Yeah. I mean, we spend it on Netflix. For how long? I think we should do this at least until 2024. Why? So this is another thing that I learned last night about Bitcoin. So every four years, there's this thing called the halving, right? And what it means is that every 10 minutes new Bitcoin is unlocked. Um, There only will ever be 21 million Bitcoin, but they don't all exist yet. So every 10 minutes right now, six Bitcoin is unlocked. But in 2024, it goes down to three Bitcoin. So if we get in now, it's technically cheaper because in 2024, a dollar will get you less. Because So you think in 2024, all of a sudden, Bitcoin will be worth more? Based on the math of the halving, there will be less supply, even if the demand stays exactly the same. There will be less supply in 2024. Babe, you seem really excited about this. Here's the thing. We got a lot of money in retirement accounts. Mm-hmm. Or we have money in retirement is a lot, right? Yeah, but we got money. We're young. <laughs> we got money in retirement accounts, right? Uh-huh. But you can't touch that till you're like 65. Right. So even if we had a fully funded retirement account that we could live off for the rest of our lives, we got to support ourselves until 65 to live off that retirement. I think we can use Bitcoin to speed up our retirement. Oh, you really think it'll go up in time for us to retire early? Well, if we buy a dollar a day, I don't think we're going to retire early. But I think if we start buying a dollar a day and you see how it works, you might want to start buying $2 a day or $3 a day. So you want me to do this with you? I mean, you could do it with me. Like we can just get a shared account and we can you can see it. I can see it. Like I don't want to do this without you. I want oh, you to see that's it. That's so sweet, baby. Like, I, want you to, I want you to see it play out, but I make no guarantees. Yeah. Right? We could lose all $30 a month. Oh, no. <laughs> right? But how much do we spend on streaming services? Yeah. So I look at this as like another form of entertainment. a month. But we're going to learn something. Maybe we make some money and... Okay, okay. I think you're going to like this. I think you're going to like this. All right. So check this out. There's this this podcast. Um, What was it called? Uh, I forget. They were like this cute married couple um, flirting with Bitcoin. There's this podcast called Flirting with Bitcoin. It's really short, really simple. It's not super technical. It's just the husband explaining Bitcoin to the wife. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. And like, they're kind of like, he's like trying to take her on this journey for Bitcoin, right? I think we should do the same thing. I don't think we should start a podcast, but I think we should kind of go along with them. You know, I listened to a couple episodes and basically like he in the first episodes got her like set up with an account to buy Bitcoin. She bought some Bitcoin. She like moved it around. She's learning all the technical lingo. I think you're smarter than her. So I'm pretty sure... I'm definitely smarter than her. You're definitely smarter than her. I know you. I don't know that (laughs) chick. And I really think that like... I think you would actually enjoy this. 
Or yeah, it could be like our weekly date night. Yeah, you know, we can have we can, a bottle of wine. Yeah, a bottle of wine. We can sit on the couch. We can flirt a little. Flirt a little or, you know, listen to them and, and you know, then we can discuss like what they talked about. Okay, baby. I'm in. How self-indulgent are we to role-play that whole scenario <laughs> and then pitch our own podcast? I mean, okay, that was a little ridiculous. <laughs> but It was fun. But minus the podcast part, in 2022, roughly, that is how I would pitch it to you. Yeah. Knowing everything that I know, right? Now, five or six years ago, I wouldn't have been able to say that same stuff, right? Not just because um, I had just gotten into Bitcoin, but I got into Bitcoin personally before a halving, right? Like, so I straddled a halving and I saw it run up before the halving. I saw it come down, right? And then I watched what happened from one halving to the next. So this is like perfect timing for anyone to try to pull someone in and really show them in real time how the halving works and really set them up for long-term thinking behind Bitcoin. Yes. Because this is almost exactly four years ago from when I first got into it. Like, seriously. So exciting. Yeah, so I mean, I will say from a non-Bitcoiner's perspective about all of this stuff, if you want, have that non-Bitcoiner listen to this episode. And like, this is my plea to them. If you have someone in your life who's really passionate about this stuff and you're not giving them that opportunity to let you in to something that they're passionate about, you're messing up. You're being a jerk. This is real money. And if you don't want to understand the the new real money that's happening in this world, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. And if you have someone that cares about you enough that wants to take the time to talk to you about it and has the patience to talk to you about it, like appreciate them and respect them. And if you have someone as amazing as Ian who wants to do financial planning for their future with you, take advantage of it because not everyone wants to pull you in along the ride. There are a ton of Bitcoin millionaires out there that I'm sure dumped their girlfriends and wives and husbands and boyfriends when they made it big, right? So I don't know if that's a fact. I'm going to assume it is because I know there's a lot of Bitcoiners in Miami that are like buying bottles and tables for for tons of people. You think they were single when they made it big? I think that's crypto money. I don't think that's Bitcoin Ah, money. Bitcoiners would never leave their loved ones. If you were on Bitcoin Twitter, I don't think you would have made that statement. Oh, okay. Maybe I should take it back. No, I'm just Uh, saying like Bitcoin Twitter is all about family, wives, children. Grandchildren. Grandchildren, eating right. Long-term yeah, thinking. Long-term thinking. Long-term thinking. We're in it for the long haul, guys. And um, I hope that your loved ones join you along for the ride. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Did you know the Flirting with Bitcoin podcast runs on the value for value business model? So what does that mean? Instead of having to listen to us read the same batch of ads every episode, we're looking to you, our listeners and supporters, to support the show if and when we provide you with something of value. Value can be anything, some new piece of information, a new point of view, or even a good old-fashioned belly laugh. When we provide value, we ask that you contribute to the show what you believe the value is worth to you. Hence the term, value for value. To learn more about how to support the pod, visit flirtingwithbitcoin.com support. And don't forget to subscribe so we can always keep in touch. 
Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next episode. Thank you.